Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Nuance Nonsense. We're not experts, but we just like talking. These are your co-hosts, Alex. And your other co-host, Ben, and I brought on a longtime friend, Luke Jennison. Anything you'd like to add? That's me. Um, <laughs> excellent to be here, you guys. Thanks for having me on. Love to have some good chit-chat, some good conversation. Yeah, so we typically start off with like a softball question. What was the last song you listened to, and is it like what genre is it from? Oh, the last song I listened to. Hold on. I should have it on my phone. Uh, well, the actual last song I listened to was Barry Bonds by Kanye West. I was just in my car driving around today, um, and that popped on. Um, so that's a hip-hop song, obviously, uh, from graduation. I'm a big Kanye West fan. Um, he's, uh, he's like in my... He's in like my top tier. So like probably my two favorite, he's like my favorite just artist of all time. Um, my favorite rapper of all time is the notorious B.I.G. Um, I like Tupac as well, but I'm biggie over Pac. He's just so, he's just so smooth. Um, and he could like also be like a good Santa Claus too. So like that's good for like the family. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's the last thing I was listening to. Just jamming out in the car a little bit. You right. like the new Kanye? Or do you miss the old Kanye? Uh, you know, what I've kind of realized is like artists are just going to... Fans feel like artists owe them to like give them the same exact material over and over again. Um, and like I, I'm a huge old Kanye fan. Like the College Dropout is like my favorite album. Of, like it's my favorite hip hop album of all time for sure. Um, it's just so unique and like just exactly like the genre that I like, like in my hip hop um, taste. But, you know, ours are just going to change. It's what they're going to do. And honestly, if they just gave you the same stuff over and over again that you think you want, you're just going to get bored of it anyway. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't dislike the new Kanye. I do feel like just based on the last um, – I don't even remember the name of the album, but his last Christian album he put out, um, I just felt like the production and, like, lyrics and stuff just could have been better based on, like, what he's done in the past. Um, but you know he uh, he tends to be pretty good at like vocal layering and like gospel sounds and stuff. So you know, hopefully he gets his he put his feet in the water with that one, and we kind of get something like that, but better uh, going forward. So I'm not mad at it. I'm I'm always down to see people try new things. Yeah. So expand on that. How do you feel about when like artists sort of try to expand in like new ways? Like for example, I think a really big one or famous one is like Taylor Swift moving from like country like country pop to like yeah. pop. Yeah. You know, I, uh, obviously like if it's done well, people like it. And then if it's not, people just don't. And I think regardless, you're going to like, you're going to yearn for like the earlier days. And usually what happens is you have an artist that breaks into the scene. I don't know. Taylor Swift of country, a, a good artist of mine that a good artist that comes into mind for me is like kid Cudi. Like people just loved kid Cudi. Like when he first broke in, like, he had a very like Kanye sound, but it was so really original and just people loved it. And he doesn't really make that type of music anymore. Or like people always were like, we want like man on the moon three, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, just kind of just being an artist myself and seeing other people, like, it's not like a person can just like pump out the same exact material over and over and over again um, without it becoming stale or, or like give you like a new take on something, but it still is like the same as the past. You're like, it's just such a weird request. Like we want the same stuff from you, but
but they need to be new songs and new beats and new lyrics. So I think artists are just kind of forced to change and they just will naturally. Um, obviously there's a lot of just like trap artists, right? Like the baby or, um, little baby, lots of babies in the game right now, <laughs> um, oddly enough. But, um, you know, there's a lot of people like that, that they tend to be pretty consistent with the type of stuff they put out. Um, but I think, I think just in general, um, artists are just kind of forced to change and you just got to hope that what they want to embark on, they do a good job with. Um, so I'm all for like when artists change and try new things. Cause I know like just for me personally, just seeing me like over the past eight years of doing this, like I very like drastically changed like my approach to making things and the type of stuff I make. Um, and I've definitely like, just learned and experimented around with like other types of things I didn't think I'd be able to do. Um, and I think, I mean, that's just for me with like super limited resources, right? You have like an entire label and production team behind you. Like the sky is really the limit. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm all for when artists change. Um, you just got to hope they're going to do a good job and they don't just suck when they do <laughs> or hope they can go back to what they were doing. Um, so yeah, it just kind of hit or miss, but you know, got to support them either way. They're people. They just want to do stuff, see if it sticks. That's good. Sounds like you're a true fan, which is something we probably need more in society. Um, I think it's, yeah, I think I, I agree with you in that. Like, I think it's commendable that, you know, people do try to do new things because like, if they're not trying a different style, then like why even release, um, mm like new music right because like you, yeah. you still have the old album to uh, fall back on yeah. i remember listening to uh like daniel caesar and his new album is definitely a lot different from his first album but mm -hmm. kind of the singles he was releasing um before that new album was was very similar to his old style like so similar i was actually surprised that he managed to make it that similar and i was just remember being like oh i mean this is good but it's just like it's too familiar yeah. right and then yeah i didn't necessarily think like his next his second album was a lot better than the first album, but I like that it, it was experimenting. Yeah. And I mean, like, you have to think of it like this. I mean, most people that start out, I know for sure, like in hip hop, but like with really any genre of music, when you first start making stuff, you're really just mimicking other people you already know, right? Like, you're just like, if you're a rapper, you're like, I really like Kendrick Lamar, so I'm going to try and rap like him. Because you're just learning. You're just figuring it out. I'm sure like with singers, it's the same. Like, you just sing covers of other people's stuff, right? Like you're almost trying to emulate them. And so when you see someone break onto the scene, it's like, wow, this is like a big breath of fresh air and like super original. More than likely, they spent like a ton of time just copying other people. And then when they took that risk and, and made something really different, that's what you liked. And that's essentially what they're doing later on in their career. You just have been paying attention starting at that point on. So even like that first stuff where you're like, I wish like the old Kanye or the old Kid Cudi was back or the old Taylor Swift. I mean, they were taking risks and, and changing their sound up when they put that on. So um, even that very first stuff is, you know, they're changing just from like, just from their personal history and making stuff. So it's really just, kind of like a natural part of making stuff. You're just going to shift. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Like what you said, like artists have already been like kind of taking risks and um, making changes. It's just like you only really started paying attention like once they got big and that doesn't like, you know, necessarily invalidate 
um, the earlier work um, mm-hmm. they've done. Actually, your quote kind of reminds me of something uh, Conan O'Brien said in his, uh, his uh, commencement speech at Dartmouth. Um, he was kind of talking about like his influences as a like um, TV host. And he's like, I really wanted to be like David Letterman uh, growing up because like he was the gold standard for people um, like when he was a kid, basically. And David Letterman really wanted to be um, Jack Parr, I think, um, who was like the, just, uh, his predecessor at like uh, The Tonight Show. Yeah, and basically, yeah. it's like our failure to be um, who we were not made us like our own unique individuals. And I think that also like really applies in like music as well, where mm-hmm. at the beginning, like, like you don't really know too much like in depth about like the field you're in. So you're kind of just like, oh, like I'll just imitate stylistically about yeah. um, who are these, um, you know, players basically fit. The more you get into it, I guess, the more you're able to have your own understanding, leave your own imprint. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. This actually brought up like a really interesting thought. So if you've ever watched shows like, I don't know, like America's Got Talent or like The Voice or like stuff like that, I, I've always noticed, or rather I didn't notice until just now, like the trend is that you sing covers of like other famous songs. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it always seems like, they all say it's a risk to sing your own original music as opposed mm-hmm. to covering someone's famous song already. So I just thought yeah. that was really interesting because it sort of for, further reinforces what you were saying earlier that like you want to emulate a style until you're established. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's odd, man. Like every other genre of music, like people just will like sing covers of other people's songs. And then in hip hop, it's like, no one really wants to hear you rap someone else's song. Like no one wants Lil Wayne to rap an Eminem song. It's like, I didn't pay money for this. Um, why are you doing this? No one asked for it. So yeah, I mean, usually when you kind of start off, oftentimes people like, oh, I guess like in a way you kind of like do what current artists do because you'll like take like very famous beats or instrumentals that like other people have done like a Dr. Dre beat or like a Drake song and you'll like, you'll make your own version of the song and like it's your remix or whatever. Like when Drake first like started getting big, um, it was off of his mixtape so far gone. And he, uh, he took a beat from a, a Kanye West beat from his album, 808s and heartbreak, his song, uh, say you will. And he made like this, that was like one of the tracks on, it was like a really big track. People like, Oh man, this is like awesome. Blah, blah. Um, but in a way, it's like a cover because, like, you just took this other dude's beat that everyone knew. Um, so, yeah, hip-hop, it's so similar for sure. It just has its own little, like, offshoots. It's own little, little fun little quirks here and there. What do you yeah. think um, the future of, like, hip-hop in terms of, like, because there's, like, little sub-genres that'll pop up. Um, I yeah. know, like, there's, like, you know, there's gangster rap that was really popular. And then Kanye actually kind of changed that, right? He made, he made rap, you know, more introspective, more vulnerable. Yeah, he, uh, I mean, he's a lot of things for sure. Um, I mean, there's just so many subgenres of hip hop now. I mean, now like rap, just like by the numbers is the most highly consumed form of music in the country and then globally as well. So, I mean, it's pop music now is what it is. Um, and so, man, it's, it's hard to say what's going to happen because, like, it's so, it's so centered in terms of, like, 
you know, Ariana Grande has that song Seven Rings, which a uh, total banger alert if you ask me. But <laughs> I mean, that song is just like a rap song. It's just Ariana Grande making a rap song. Like, what in the world? Or like Taylor Swift had her like reputation album that like I dislike a lot. <laughs> but I mean, essentially all of her instrumentation on that is trap music instrumentation. Like it's like hi-hats and stuff like that. Like so like even like these artists are like biting and using they're essentially making hip hop music. Um so I mean we could see it just get more and more and more ingrained into like pop music and like pop culture. I mean it already is like so dominant that it's hard to like it's hard to think like how much more it's gonna take over. But I mean more than likely a new style will emerge that I mean who knows like freaking braille hip-hop where it's all just like, <laughs> like possibly and it's like dude this like goes really hard i mean i don't know um cv wonder will be all over that featuring cv wonder in every song um but, uh, yeah. yeah man i that's the only thing i can see because like there's already so many subgenres. it's already so splintered but like also possibly so like um so at like the forefront of everything um it's just really amazing to see like how much it's grown and just like kind of taken over the world. Um, so kind of a big question mark, but I think there's nothing but, but um, positives really for it. Um, I mean, people like rappers like sing a lot now and like, you know, I just think the, you're going to get more subgenres. The lines between rap and pop are going to blur more and more. Um, but I also think you're going to have just like the very still like grassroots, like this is like just straight, like there's like Kendrick Lamar rapping, right? Like we're still going to have stuff like that. I don't think like we're going to lose that in any capacity. Um, and you really see like, that's the type of stuff that gets like the Grammy nominations and stuff is like to pimp a butterfly or damn, um, you know, stuff like that is what's, you know, really getting all the, the big critical acclaim and awards. So I don't think that's going anywhere. Um, but of course that's coming from me, some guy that looks like, you know, I belong at the front of like banana Republic or something. So, I mean, take that with a grain of salt, but that's just from what I've seen and kind of what I hear is just a very ambiguous future, but positive. Speaking of genres, which one is like your favorite or like, which one do you think is like most interesting to listen to? Man, I, uh, I definitely like, there's kind of two. One, I am like, I am a big like old, like old school fan. I think just like a really nice, like kind of old school beat and like, just like some really smooth, like, you know, something like, I mean, very much like Biggie on, you know, a song like, I mean, just such a cliche, but like Big Popper or something. It's just like, it's so smooth. It's so confident. The beat, um, the beat just really bright and vibrant and just really funky and you get into it. Um, so I'm definitely like a big fan of when that's done well. Um, I'm also a big fan of like when you kind of blend genres where it's like, it's like hip hop, but there's like kind of some jazziness in there and there's like some soul and some funk baked in as well. Um, I think those are just like, it's a really great blending of genres and you just get this like really, just like this really smooth intoxicating, um, sound palette. Um, so I mean, not that this is like a rapper, but like, you know, the artist Masego makes like very, you know, he's like an R&B artist, but like 
there's like a lot of hip hop like instrumentation stuff built into it, but he's like very smooth, very jazzy. Um, and like his stuff. Um, so kind of stuff like that, um, tend to be some of my faves. Mm. Yeah. To pimp, when you said like funk and like jazz influences, like, Oh yeah, that's definitely like to pimp a butterfly. Like there was a lot of, um, yeah, like jazz and like, soul influence. In yeah. Uh -huh. I think, Most um, yeah, I think Anderson Pack is someone who I also think about when someone who's like, more traditional like r&b singer but then like can also rap and like i think that's like definitely like another genre that's like kind of like the the lines are being blurred like in between yeah yep. i mean at this point i mean kind of what you've seen now is hip-hop is like swallowed r&b like it's annexed it into its like full so if you look at like any like hip-hop award show or like any hip-hop magazine like freaking Chris Brown and Rihanna and Beyonce are like all getting reported on and stuff. It's like, well, they're not rappers. Like they just, they're just other musicians that like make hip hop music. But at this point, like it just annex like that genre into it. Um, and so that's like part why you see like, like a lot of that blending is like, it's like a brother and sister community almost. Um, and it's been doing that with like a lot of other stuff. I mean, rappers work with like electronic music producers a lot now too so you'll see like blah 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 featuring skrillex you're like skrillex is this middle school but like it's still happening um and uh that's, that's you see that i mean once again like you see there's like a lot of pop crossover ed sheeran freaking dropping some terrible project featuring a bunch of rappers um <laughs> like ed sheeran why are we doing this I don't need someone that looks like the Wendy's logo to be like putting Buster Rhymes on a song with him. So, um, but I, I guess no, I'm no, I won't diss Ed Sheeran anymore. I'm sure he's a nice guy. I'm actually not sure. I've never met him before, but he probably is. Maybe I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. So educated guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just annexing stuff like crazy. And like when, when that happens, like you're just going to get the, the lines blurred a lot. Um, I know with a lot of my stuff, I like to keep it pretty traditional, like in terms of like song structure and um, I don't like to really be too experimental with stuff that I do. Um, I am like a big fan of like kind of just the straightforward hip hop song. I don't think there's like, it's not done like uh, as much anymore. And especially like a lot of the, a lot of like the chart topping things are, they tend to like really heavily like, it's not really you have rappers in it anymore. It's like a lot of times it's very much like just kind of singing with like the hip hop instrumentation, which is like a lot what Post Malone does, right? I mean, he's essentially a pop singer that pretty much exclusively sings over hip hop beats, um, which is like why people like him a lot. And like he kind of modernized that. Um, so you see like a lot of that being very popular right now. Um, but I think for me, like, I just like really like kind of the more straightforward stuff. And I think you can get like a lot of really just interesting, great tunes that way. Um, so I kind of like to stick with that in my own personal approach. Yeah, we forgot to introduce you as a rapper, but to tackle the elephant in the room, what was your uh, mm. journey into hip hop like? Sure. Um, so when I was, so my, I always used to listen like to whatever my sister listened to. Uh, she's four years older than I. Um, and so growing up, I listened to like a lot of alternative stuff, like 
I don't know, like Fallout Boy or like Panic at the Disco, um, 30 Seconds to Mars, back when Jared Leto was like, people weren't meaning him all the time. Uh, uh, The Academy Is was another big one I was into. Um, And then she showed me like uh, the song Right Above It by Lil Wayne featuring Drake. Um, Banger alert. But uh, I like love that song. And there were a lot of curse words. And I was like, I shouldn't be listening to this. Um, (laughs) Like I knew my parents would not want me to listen to that. But I liked it a lot. Um, And so I... uh, I had a red Honda Pilot um, in high school that I would drive, and I would I would have my aux cord, which is like a cassette CD, like a cassette auxiliary thing, where like how how does the technology even work? <laughs> like technology in general is so baffling, but that specific piece of equipment doesn't make any sense at all. Like it's yeah. a cassette, but it plugs in your phone, like. Is this just a lie? Like, is the simulation real? Like, there's just no way this works. But it did. Um, so I popped that sucker in. Um, and me, like little, like sixteen-year-old me, who looked like the Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone, um, and like hadn't hit puberty yet until like eighteen. Uh, I was like, I just kind of like would freestyle sometimes, just for fun, just by myself in the car. And after like a few times, I was like, ah, oh, not too bad. And like, it was a little Dr. Susie, not going to lie. But like, you know, I was still able to like rhyme every single time I would uh, do it. Um, and then I just did that more and more and just got like a, a really, really good at it. Um, freestyling is like one of my fortes um, for sure. Um, so that's something like people like tend to know me by or like, it's definitely like a party trick. Um like even even at my job, like we're having a happy hour via Zoom, of course, and they're like, "Look, will you like freestyle for us?" Like my director's like there and stuff. I'm like, "Yeah, sure, guys, <laughs> why not?" Um, but uh, yeah, it was like kind of through that that I got really interested in like actually making real stuff. Um, and then yeah, the rest is kind of history um, there in terms of like how I first kind of got into stuff. Yeah, kind of talking about your um, your director asking you to freestyle at work. Like, how do you, I guess, how much do people at work know about, I guess, your your rapping career? So I like, I have a rule, more or less, which is like, I don't, I don't bring up like any of like my side hustles or hobbies unless like they come up naturally. Um, so like, I'm not like, Hey, like I'm Luke and, uh, you know, I like rap and I like write screenplays and like, here's a bunch of stuff about me and you should be impressed. Like, I like never want to like force that or like also like, you know, at a party or something, I'm not like anyone want to hear me like freestyle right now. Like my, my rule is to never like force that information or like that activity, like upon people. Um, I just like growing up in high school and then just other people just I've met my whole life just because you meet other artists and stuff. Um, I've just seen a lot of people that are like, they're just so they're like, they're like shaking. They're like Michael J. Fox, just shaking. Like they can't like, they need to tell you that they're like rappers. Like they do stuff. Look at me. Like I, I, I can't take it. Like, 
And they just will explode all this information on you. And they're just so excited to show off. And I would like hear this. And then I'd also like afterwards when like they'd go off to like tell someone else because they were done telling us, um, you would just hear the reactions of people like, oh God, like just won't stop talking about himself or blah, blah, blah. Um, And so I've always kind of taken that to heart where it's like, I never want to like bother anybody with like the stuff that I do. Cause like when you do like artistic stuff, it just is so easy to come off as like, I'm like artistic boy and I'm just so blah, 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 hoity toity. Um, it just really, really easy to come off that way. So, you know, unless it's a, a medium like this where like the whole point is to ask me about that stuff. Um, or just people like ask naturally, like, what are you doing this weekend? I won't lie and be like, Oh yeah, I'm like renovating a house or something. I'll be like, Oh yeah. I'm like, you know, working on a song or like I'm making a music video. Um, you know, I'll bring it up like in those situations, but, um, otherwise, yeah. I mean, some people like just won't know for a really, really long time. Um, and then just, it's kind of revealed all of a sudden they're like, what? No way. Um, then they like see like some stuff. They're like, Oh yes way. Um, yes. But also, I mean, also for me, like, I don't feel, I don't feel this strong desire to like push that information on people because really, I mean, it's always nice to like have people be aware. So like, you know, they might give you some listens or some more views and that can maybe make other people like listen to you. Um, but at the end of the day, like your successes are mostly going to come from people that you don't know at all. Like someone from another state listening to your stuff. So like, even though like, yes, like I could go work for a company and then like let people know. And that's like a whole nother group of people that like might start listening to stuff or like posting about it, whatever. Really like it's people that you don't know that are going to listen to you more and that are going to consistently come back for your stuff. Not like people you're like friends with or like you see every day, um, which is kind of odd, but that, that tends to be like how it shakes out. So there isn't, um, I'm not like, I don't feel like super, I don't feel like it's super necessary for me to like make sure everyone I know is like listening to my stuff right now. Um, Cause they're just not the ones that are going to, create like a everlasting like rolling success on that type of stuff that's like the interesting conundrum of virality though it's just like you can never predict what will become viral but it's it's like an explosion and it's like always strangers like even if your friends help try to make it viral like it's just something you can't predict it's just like it's so weird dude like you know Post Malone is like, I mean, he, he has a song White Iverson that he got really big on. And like, I mean, like I heard him talk about it once. I wasn't like in the room with him. It was just like on a computer screen. I saw him. So no one get too excited. But uh, he like was like, yeah, like I made the song and then I like put it on SoundCloud and went to bed and I woke up and it had a million plays. I'm like, who found this? Like, <laughs> like nobody shared it. <laughs> you just posted it you have like two followers one's like your friend you live with and the other is your mom like how in the world did someone like just stumble upon this and then ten thousand other people did and started reposting it it just like it just blows my mind how people just do absolutely nothing to be found and then just like boom oh 
no one's looking like no one's looking for them. They're not like Carmen San Diego or anything, but like they just <laughs> they just found like just out of the blue. It's, just, it's so weird. Um, there's really, I mean, there's just no rules. Um, there's a lot of like there's a lot of things you can try to apply. Like I'll do Facebook ads and Instagram ads, and I'll post on these days and la di da di da. I mean, it might get you like some short term gains, but like it's not going to amount to like anything. Um, it's probably not going to amount to like anything um, sizable or tangible. Um, it is kind of a bit of a crapshoot. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think as you, as you just get better and you meet more people, um, it helps for sure. Um, but yeah, there's just really no rules to this at all. Um, and like the entertainment industry in general, but specifically the music industry too. Yeah, I think it's kind of funny because sometimes I'll listen to it's like sometimes artists will pop up in my like Spotify, like Discover Weekly or Daily Mix, mm-hmm. and I feel like they are probably just like um, SoundCloud, you know, artists who are just putting their stuff on like um, Spotify because like I'll, I'll click on the profile and they'll have like 500 monthly listeners or like 1,000 mm-hmm. monthly listeners, and I'm like, wow, I am the unknown fan that. They, that they want or need for their career. Um, yeah, so I'm like, wow, this is actually really interesting because like usually I feel like I'm on the other side where I'm like one of the friends who's like, I don't know, trying to plug like their friend's music. Like I can't sure. give an objective um, input on like how good their music is, right? Because they're my friend. Um, yeah. Honestly, I feel like as a friend, my 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 value of their music might be lower than it really is because I always just like, there's no way like my friend could do something this good. So I'll just be like, oh, like, it's better than I expected versus like, oh, this is like really good, you know? I see. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's definitely strange. Like, the more, like, it's so weird. Like, the more you know somebody and the more you're, like, friends with them and close to them, it's kind of, like, harder to enjoy the stuff they make, honestly. Um... And like, even for me, like I, like I want like all of my friends and acquaintances, like I want them to like, I post something, retweet it, repost it, blah, blah, blah. Cause there's definitely merit to it. Right. Like someone, like a friend of mine, like posts about my song that came out, says some good things. Okay. Well, he has all these followers that like, don't follow me. So one of them might see it. Oh, and they like it. So they're going to retweet it. And now that's a whole nother branch. So like that could definitely happen. Um, and I've seen that happen just with other people I know who like, they have like the ride or die friend groups. It's like, yeah, bro. Like they're like hype men. Like their, their, their personality revolves around being friends with the other person. Um, and like, I've seen like, I've seen songs do really well because of stuff like that. So like it 100% can happen, but man, when you're like friends with someone, it just, it, it makes like the listening experience harder. Like I, like even just people that I know, friends that I have, or just people like other local like artists that I've met, even if I like think a song of theirs is like really good and I like it a lot, it feels like a little weird to listen to it just like on my own time. Um, even though, even if like, even though I know if I stumbled upon it on Spotify or SoundCloud or, or whatever, and it had like, you know, 40,000 views and I didn't know who they were. I'd be like, Oh, I like this a lot. Let me save it. And like, I listen to it a lot. Um, there's just like something about really knowing a person that it makes it hard for you to like 
it makes it hard for you to enjoy their stuff and want to listen to it more. Unless you're like Drake and you blow up and your friends like only bump you because you're freaking Drake, right? But um, until like you reach that level where you're like getting like a lot of plays and stuff, um, it's kind of, there's just this weird, there's this weird disconnect. And like, I feel it and it's hard for me to describe why. Um, But someone like me who like wants like my friends to like do stuff like that, I, I understand. I understand why people don't want to, or they just like, don't think about it or feel weird about it. Um, you think it'd be the opposite, but it's not. Um, people, you do, strangers are going to be your biggest supporters. Um, and that's why it's so hard to build that traction. It's like strangers, like I'm going to stand outside of a sign, like a, you know, a freaking car wash sign or something like <laughs> download my mixtape or something. And the arrow just pointing down with the URL. You can't copy or paste. Like, um, so yeah, it's a weird situation. I definitely kind of see that with like, you know, Ben and Ben and my podcast. Um, ben can kind of chime with his own perspective, but I didn't feel like maybe for like the first episode, my, my friends were like, oh yeah, we'll definitely watch and support, you know, yeah. like send some hype. But then I think like after that, it, it was, it's almost like an obligation for them um, yeah. in order to um, like listen to the episode, you know? Yeah. I mean... Yeah, uh, you know, people's time is just like limited and like you really have to choose like what you want to consume. Um, And so, I mean, you think about like even just like a three minute song, right? Um, Yeah, like I make a new song, you know, for someone to like listen to it, they have to like take time out of their day, sit down, consciously be like, Luke has a new song, let me listen to it, put the headphones in or go to the car, whatever play it and listen to it all the way through um, when like it's so easy just to not do that even though it's like it's three minutes it's so easy to, like just not do that or to just go in your car and press shuffle because you just don't like want to have to look up or whatever it seems like such an easy thing just to like sit down and watch something but or listen to something but um it is like you have to be like really actively engaged to capture people's attention like that. And that's why like, if you just pop up on like a playlist or someone just finds a song out of nowhere, they're more likely to actually listen to it and enjoy it because it's just something they found and stumbled upon in their like normal consumer mode. It wasn't like, I'm listening to my friend's song and like, good for them, ah, friends, support them. Um, Yeah, so. It's hard when, when you have people like when you're telling people to watch something and listen to something and it's yours, um, they're just not in like the normal consumer mindset. Um, and yeah, it's more like an obligation and less of like, I'm listening to this song cause I like it or I found it or discovered it or something. Mm. So how does that, how does that like sort of change your marketing strategy? Cause like me and Alex's strategy is doing nothing. But like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I definitely have not cracked the code. Um, I for sure have not cracked the code. I mean, I, I am a believer that like, as things get, as you like put out more quality material, like the attention will come. Um, Cause when something is just like, un- I was talking to a friend about this, like when something's like just undeniably like really good, um, 
it doesn't like people aren't going to care if they know you or not. Like this is just like something that's really, really good. Um, and people are going to want to share it and it'll just kind of naturally blossom, um, over enough time. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough. One, there is a do nothing approach, which you, you'll just post your stuff and hope people watch it. Um, and that's all you can really ask for. I mean, the other thing is, uh, you can try and like get it in front of strangers, which is like, you might submit to some blogs or something, or, um, I mean, if you have like experience performing or like, if you know, uh, if you perform a lot and like you have representation or something, maybe you can get like a distribution deal and like they'll kind of distribute, distribute it and like advertise for it. Um, I mean, kind of something I've been thinking more about is like, if you can, it's kind of still the friend method, but it's kind of like almost recruiting friends to like help you advertise. So not like just posting on Twitter necessarily, but like if you could get like X amount of people to like do like a Reddit post or something, cause like you don't want to like just throw, you can't like just like advocate for your own stuff on Reddit all the time. Cause then they'll be like, stop doing that. So if you just get like a decent amount of people to be like, Hey, like there's like a really good song, a really good video. I mean, really like only strangers are going to interact with it. Um, and so there's kind of like a lot of upside potential there. Um, and just finding where like you can put it and like put it in front of a community of strangers is like really the best way, at least from what I think and gather. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's something I've really struggled with for sure. Um, it's just like the marketing part. Um, cause like, it's, it's like a, it's like reverse, like the bigger you are, the easier it is to market. But like, well, how do you get big in the first place? Well, you have to market your stuff, but you can't. <laughs> so like, it's like this weird, so you catch 22 almost. So, um, yeah, um, I don't have the answers unfortunately yet. So, you know, we'll see. Maybe something people. you said earlier, when do you know when something is undeniably good? Cause that's like, basically like the top status it's like yeah yeah hard to decide uh, like you know i'll make stuff and like i'm working on stuff now and i'm like this is really really good um it's always hard to judge for yourself though right because you're just the most biased person i mean my mom probably like is maybe more biased than me because like any like i sneeze and she's like oh good job blue god bless you specifically so like you know, I mean, she's always like down to support whatever, but you really have to like, just try and step back as much as possible. Um, and I mean, that's like why, that's like why it's good to have like people in your circle, kind of like a team of sorts, because you hear like artists talking about like songs that like really popped off. Like I know like Jack Harlow relatively recently, like he has that single what's poppin'. Um, that like just exploded on the scene when it came out and you hear, like I've heard him talking about it and it was like, once again, not in person, I don't know him personally. Um, and you hear him talk about it and he's like, yeah, there's just this like vibe in the room that like, this is like really special. Um, and you really, you can have that like feeling yourself, I think, but it's really when like an entire room is like something like kind of special was made here. That's like how, you know, um, so I think you can identify based on if you kind of have like multiple people around you and it's like this feeling, um, it's hard to discern yourself though. It's definitely really hard to discern yourself. Um, 
when you hit that undeniably good thing. I think you can definitely mark your progress though. Like I definitely just see like the stuff I put out now, like is just getting better and better and better. Um, I think like that's just like true um, of just like where I am currently and like my career here. Um, but uh, yeah, when you get to the undeniably good, um, you get to your magnum opus. Uh, I think that's really hard to figure out, but you know, kind of just a feeling, I think. I think like even then it's like, even if you're like you're really popular or famous, it's like still hard to reach that undeniably good yeah. um, like category, right? Like not everyone is universally acclaimed. Um, even yeah. artists that I thought were universally acclaimed, like Kendrick Lamar's damn, like um, at least according to Reddit, like it's not super popular amongst like r slash like hip hop heads or whatever, you know? So you always have yeah. your haters. I mean, definitely like, I mean, just like a quick sidebar on him. Like definitely it seems like people are like, they just froth at the mouth that like to pimp a butterfly. Like it's just the best piece of work ever made. And like, it's, it's a really amazing album for sure. Um, yeah. Even like just some music critics I've, I like watch on YouTube, like they liked damn right. But they weren't like, Holy moly, every stop the presses, everybody. Um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, everything's like subjective, right? Um, you know, even like super popular stuff, people aren't going to like, some people aren't going to like. So um, I think like that undeniably good is just like, it's, you have to like scale the measurement, right? So, you know, you have like To Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar. It like wins a Grammy for best hip hop album. It like, it's, it's, I think it's the like highest rated hip hop album of the decade or something. Like you get accolades like that. You know, if you look at Jack Harlow's What's Poppin', I mean, it's not like getting stuff like that, right? But it may have gone number one on Billboard. I don't remember. It might have gone number one on Billboard, but then also just like was just big, massive single that came out. Um, and now like a lot more people know his name. It's like very different, you know, you have like just being a really good song and then like having like high critical claim, like it's different, but I think you, when you just hit like the jackpot, like just based on where you are, um, it just like scaled the undeniable goodness. It's not like just across the board, you hit that and like you have to reach this level specifically. Yeah, I also know that when artists sort of hit that undeniably good thing, they're sort of like trying to recreate that sort of like level. Like for example, a lot of people that like burst onto the scene because of like a singular thing, they really struggle with like, it feels like everything afterwards is a downhill slide because they're yeah. trying to like re like create that success. Yeah. I mean, definitely like, definitely like if it's your first thing, like out of the gate, um, you know, then it's really hard um to keep that going um because you only have this one thing to your name like designer like he blew up off his song panda um man simpler times back then um <laughs> but uh he blew up off his song panda and man he like just didn't have other material out or i'm sure like he's made other stuff but like as far as like what the consumer had access to it was like that and maybe one other song, maybe. I don't even know if it was out at the time. But the only consumable piece of music he had out was this one. Um, and so when you have a situation like that, I think the follow-up is really hard. But like, 
you know, if you have a situation like Jack Harlow where it's like, he has like all these other projects and like, he like already had kind of popular songs like in his like fan group and his name was kind of popping a little bit. And then like, he just had like, now like, like a lot of people know my name. Now like I'm in like pop culture, like status. Um, then it's like, you already have the stuff, to, you already have your base and the stuff you make after that, people are going to want to hear. But when you just have that one thing and that's it, um, it's definitely hard to follow up because like you only have the one reference point. Um, no one else has any way to expand how to think about you. Um, so I think it's just really hard to follow up that way. Yeah. I, on a different note, I was thinking about this for a while. What is it like to feel, film a music video? It's just, it's just seems like. Yeah. Uh, so like for me, I do like a lot on set. Um, so like really like any, I mean, any film project, like I'm kind of like doing like a lot of stuff and like one, it's due to a couple of reasons. One, like comparatively, like just low, it's like a low budget. I mean, kind of like the newer stuff I've been doing for me, like is higher budget than what I've done in the past. Like my, like I did one music video that came out really nicely for like 50 bucks, like a couple like a few years ago. It's my princess peach video. And then my other video Ford focus, which is out right now too. Like that was like for a hundred dollars. I was like the camera rental. Um, these like I'm dumping in, like I like saved up like X amount of capital and it's like, all right, I'm going to like, my savings account is not going to be as fat and happy, but um, I'm reserving this money for this. Um, but even like, even, that's just like a sidebar, but even so like it's lower budget stuff. And so when it comes to like hiring crew and stuff, you know, I don't have a person on crew that like is the producer and um, just like some other roles you might have, just like production assistant type stuff. Um, you know, we don't really like to have those people on, on set. And so I'm like running around doing a lot of stuff. So for me personally, I like, I usually direct and produce, and then I'm also in the video and it's like my song as well. And once again, part of that is just by necessity. Right. Um, so I'm like running around doing all sorts of things. So I'm in the scene then I'm looking at the footage after then we're like adjusting and then me and the director of photography are like talking like, okay, like what can we do here to like get this thing or yada, yada, yada. And then we're like, what shots are next? I'm like planning out the schedule, like all this stuff. So like, I'm just like, go, go, go. Um, the other reason it's like that for me on set is just, I'm very protective about the stuff that I do um, that I don't want. Like, even though it's a lot more work, like I want, the burden to be on me because then like what's made is like i'm the one that's going to make or break it like if like something doesn't turn out the way i want or like i don't like or something like that i have no one to blame but myself um at this by the same token if that's even an expression um i uh also if something turns out really well it's like well this was like my idea that like i made happen so it's like it's both things um yeah, on set for me, it just, it's hectic. Um, it's like managing the cast, managing the crew. If I don't know people in the cast or crew, they're like just new people to me. Like before, before we start, like in between takes and stuff, like I'm trying to like build a camaraderie and like build relationships and stuff. So like I'm kind of performing like 
in between takes and stuff. Cause I'm like trying to make everyone be like gregarious and happy to be there and stuff. So it just like constantly being on and like, I'll like won't eat a lot that day either. I'll just forget stuff. Um, so it's pretty, it's pretty all over the place. Um, but it is still a lot of fun though. Um, I mean, you're making a music video for goodness sakes. Um, so it's still a lot of fun. And I mean, what's so great about making music videos compared to like, doing like a short film or like something narrative um, is like music videos really like a lot of the shots are just like really cool looking shots. Like this is going to like look really, really cool or be like something really awesome to put in there. When you're doing like narrative stuff, like I want to do like a film, a dramatic film or even like a comedy or something like, yeah, you're still like trying to get cool shots and stuff, but you're filming cause like I need to get the actors saying these lines. I get it. We have to have this. And so you're just like trying to get this, these shots. Music videos are like, okay, let's make sure like it looks really good. It looks really pretty. And like, this would be like a really fun thing to get. It's like, it's a lot more like, it's almost like more pleasurable in a way, like setting up all that stuff. Um, uh, I mean, just like as an example um, from like this music video I did just two days ago or yesterday. Jeez, that was yesterday. Um, we were like in a pool and I had bought from Target like a $15 like inflatable blow up and it's like a unicorn blow up um, that was not built for a, a full grown man. And uh, I'm just like shoved into this thing with like some lemonade in my hand and we're like filming the video and stuff. And it's just like this ridiculous thing, but like that's like really fun to do. Um, but uh, yeah, it's hectic. It's an incredible amount of work. There's always, there's always a time on set where I'm like, do I even want to do this anymore? <laughs> it's like, there's like this loss of hope, not because things aren't going well, but just because we've been going for so long and because like I help put the shot list together and schedule things out. And like, I'm like in pre-production, during production and post-production, I just know how much work is left. And I'm like, oh my goodness gracious. There's so much left to do. We've already done so much. But um, yeah, uh, it's, it's a lot, but uh, it's definitely really rewarding um, to do. So crazy, but a lot of fun at the same time. How long does it usually take to shoot a music video or even like kind of assemble the, the crew, like the director of photography and stuff like that? So it definitely depends for sure. It depends on the stuff you want to get. I, uh, I tend, so I tend to do two day video shoots is what it usually is. Um, I mean like in general, like a full like day on set, like just in the industry seems to be like, especially like in TV shows and stuff, you're doing like a 12 hour day or something for me. Like we're not putting in that time. Um, one, we definitely have like a smaller crew and a lower budget. So we don't have like all these like extra like accessories and gadgets we're trying to use in the thing. So like it just, it's quicker for filming stuff. Um, so, I mean, for me, like, I don't know, maybe like eight hours a day. Um, it really, de it really will depend. Like I, uh, this one video I just did, we did like three and a half hours one day, which is like really short. Like it wasn't a big day at all. And then the next day we were filming from, we were like on set, the 
the call, like the call time was 1230. We had a break from like four to six and then we filmed from six to 1130. So like, that's a pretty big day, right? Like that's a lot. Um, and so, yeah, like, I mean, probably if you were to even those out, I, I haven't done the math and I'm not going to like sit here and try and do it wrongly but i mean yeah probably like anywhere from six to eight hours a day um just in my personal experience doing it um as far as crew assembly that also depends when you're doing it for the first time and you don't have like the connections to your crew and you don't know like there's a lot of like legwork done to find the right people um because you want to make sure i from what i've seen in dallas a lot of people will just like hit up some like Dallas, like people that like they know somebody or something. It's like, yeah, we do videos from what I've seen. It doesn't tend to be like that high quality, not to like diss any like Dallas production studios or like, they're also just kind of like grassroots people that just don't have like the same experience that a lot of people have. The people I use are like UT at this time, they're UT graduates from like film programs and schools. So like, obviously like a really good film school at UT. They like just, they know so much and are just so talented. Um, really grateful to have those guys um, kind of as part of my crew, but assembling them to begin with, I mean, you got to know some people, you got to have the connections. Um, and now I kind of have my go-to people. Like I know like when I have a music video, I'm going to hit up this, these, like these four people, four or five people, and that's like who I'd like to have as my crew. If I can't get them or I can't get all of them, they're still plugged into where they can reference other people for me at this point. So crew assembly doesn't take as long now music video wise. If I'm doing something else, like if I'm doing just like a straight film thing, that might take longer. It just depends how big you want the cast um, or the crew for that matter. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, obviously there's a lot of other pre-production stuff like finding locations and you have to come up with the idea and like then you have to figure out the shot list and stuff like that and you have to get all the props, which ugh, I hate doing that, but you have to do that stuff. Um, and that will like, that will span, like I try and like do that stuff like a month or more ahead of time or at least start doing it. Um, because otherwise you'll just have like three straight days of just doing a bunch of like almost like chores beforehand. Um, so it's a lot, it's a lot to do it well, but it definitely shows when you put the time and effort into it. Yeah, for sure. I definitely, I definitely can see how involved you are um, with how much you, you went into with like finding people and finding locations and finding props. But yeah. Do you, do you also edit your music video or do you, do you leave that to someone else to do? I do not edit my own music video. Um, I, so what I'll do is, I mean, usually like I have a very clear idea of what I want. Um, and there's like really, I mean, there's really like two big parts of editing, which is like, you're gonna cut the footage together that you want. So like this scene cuts to this scene, cuts to this shot, like, right? Like there's that ordering. And then there's the coloring process, which is like, you film and log. So you're just filming the, you're just filming outside and this is like what the screen looks like. And then you get the editor going and they color it. Or maybe you just get someone totally separate to only color the shots. But 
they're the ones that go in and mess with the lighting and like make this like make all the lights and make the color like really pop and look really nicely um i have no technical skills in that at all i don't know the software i did not go to film school i was not trained in that um i a big thing for me at this point, and this like is the same with like other parts of making songs and stuff, um, like mixing and mastering and like that technical stuff. At this point, I'm so committed to having the most professional quality stuff that I can make like at my level that I don't find it worth it to experiment on songs I'm making for me to try and mix it or for me to try and color a video. Cause I'm just not gonna do nearly as good as a job as like somebody that like they professionally do this. Like this is like how they make their living. Like they're really, really good at it. Um, and I don't, um, I don't want to make a song and make a video and then put a product out that isn't nearly as good as it could be just cause like I want to try and like learn the stuff. Um, just isn't worth it for me personally. So I hand that stuff off and I'll be like, all right, this is the video concept. Here's like the shots we did. I'll like try and label them. Like, you know, you have like the slate at the beginning. So I'll like try and label them like as, as the scenes and the shots and like for the intro stick to this footage. And at this specific part on these lyrics, you're going to use this shot and blah, 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 blah. Um, or if there's like some like special effects we're going to throw in, like, this is how we shot it. So you'll be able to do that. And like, here's how I want it to look. So I'll like send this very like super detailed amount of notes, which like, uh, I freaking hate typing these notes. It's unbelievable. It takes like so long to type these darn notes. It takes like an hour to type the notes because you're just <laughs> referencing so many things. You're trying to be like, you're trying to describe how something will look, but just like typing it out. So on this shot at this time during these lyrics, I want this to happen, blah, blah, blah. It's just like very tedious and bothersome, but kind of necessary to get across what you want. Um, but yeah, that's what I'll do. At the end, I'll just hand it off to, to somebody and they'll, uh, they'll take care of that type of stuff. And we'll just go back and forth on notes with it. Um, so I'm assuming if something that you don't like happens in post, you just continuously keep going at it until it's fixed. Yeah. Uh, and that's like the same for like songs too. Um, when people are mixing and mastering, um, they'll like send you a draft and you'll be like, I hate this. Here's my way to change. <laughs> or you'll be like, Oh, I like this, but like, I want like, I want these vocals to be louder or whatever else you might want. Um, you'll like kind of send notes, but yeah. Um, I mean, uh, uh, some people I work with, like, they like charge a day rate. So they'll like spend a day working on your thing and like they have a rate per day they work on it. So um, you'll still do the back and forth on notes, but at some point you kind of have to be like, how much more money am I going to spend on this to where like I'm getting like diminishing marginal returns economics, anybody, but um, yeah, at a certain point um, you don't want to keep like, you just can't keep like racking up bills because you want like little things change here and there. Um, but yeah, it'll be like a back and forth, like notes process to get that stuff down. Wow. I've definitely seen, at least from an amateur's perspective, who just casually listens. Which I don't want to say casually listens to music. Cause I feel like everyone listens to music to some extent or they have yeah, like yeah. Their, their fan base. But, um, 
yeah, just how much work is like put. Like I know like earlier we were kind of being like, oh yeah, it'd be nice for like um I guess rappers or musicians to come up with their own style and it's good to try new things. But like even that is like super hard in of itself, right? Yeah. Like there's so much mm-hmm. like you know, I feel like if I look at on Wikipedia like a certain artist's like album, like track listing or whatever, like like credits wise, like there's so many people involved in the process yeah. of making that a hit. And like there's like, you know, more than like maybe like two, three producers on like each song. So Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Man, I'll tell you what, like maybe it's like easy for like people who are like really in the industry, like Anderson Pack or whatever, but all these like very small things, like sometimes you'll be listening to a song and then like they might have like just in the middle of the song, like they'll have some girl like say something and it's like part of the song. She'll just like cut it and say, it's not like a singer, right? It's just like a little add in, whatever little things like that. like will take me so long to procure. Cause like I have to find like, if like I, in my song forward focus, there's like kind of a little skit um, as it like, as you transition from like the second verse into like the third verse. And it's like, it's me and this girl and we're like kind of arguing back and forth. Cause she's like, your Ford focus is terrible. And I'm like, no, it's an amazing car. Um, and it's like this back and forth thing. And you think like, that'd be easy. Like what? It takes like eight seconds of the song. Maybe. Um, that took me forever. I had to like, I like had to hit up like five different people and then they would kind of be like, well, I don't know if I like want to do this and blah, blah, blah. And like, it's just huge back and forth. And finally they're like, no, I don't, it's not for me, but thanks for asking, like whatever. And then you finally find somebody that like, is like, yeah, for sure. But even then, like you have to make sure like you're not just asking someone just to, like get vocals put on there. Like you have an idea like how you want the person to sound. Like you're kind of choosing based on like what their voice will sound like. And so you have to be picky, but also like you're, you're limited in like who you can ask unless you just start asking strangers, can I hear your voice? And can you then come back to my closet to record something? What, what am I a serial killer? Like what in the world's happening here? So um, like just that, like little, like eight second thing, it took like a month to find somebody. And then even then my original idea, I had to change to work with the person I was doing it with. So um just little things like that just like it, it so much like goes into it like and it takes so much time um so i'm sure like at the industry level like you just have someone you can just call in like that more than likely but man when you're just like hustling on your own um doing stuff like that can like it can really like eat up a lot of time and uh be pretty difficult to make happen so you got to really want you got to really want to do like what you're doing to put something out that like is fully what you envisioned speaking of that what happens if you just can't make it manifest right like let's say you hit up all these people you want for that vocal and they just all say no like what do you do from there man let me see if i can't think of like so like here's a example i mean in that specific sense I would, in that specific sense, I would cut the original idea and I would just find like something else that like either I could just do there or I'd repurpose it to where like I have like another, like instead of having a girl do it, 
maybe I would have some guy like do something and I'd make him like, cause it's like, it's the song's called Ford Focus and I'd maybe have like some guy in the radio come on and say something at that time. So I like change the skit entirely. Like, you know, just off the top of my head, like that's what I might do. I have like in the past, um, like on this, my last mixtape I did, which is like my last like really big, like kind of balls to the wall project I put together that's on Spotify. Um, I was working on this one song that was like, it was like in my mind, it was one of like the cornerstones of the project. Like this song like has to be on there. It like carries a lot of the themes of the project, blah, blah, blah. And I was talking to this producer and I was like, Hey, can I use this thing? Like we had been talking about working together and he had like some stuff. He's like, yes, like you can totally use this thing. And I'm like, awesome. Thanks. And then I write the song and all this time passes and I can't, I don't have like the stems, like the track outs, which are like all the individual pieces, like the drum kit broken out, hi-hat, snare, toms, the sample, whatever, like everything broken out so you can mix it and everything. Um, Cause I wanted to repurpose some of the beat and like, man, like four months passed. I like, I just, he was like, I don't have the stuff yet. Like I'm looking forward to blah, blah, blah. Or, like I have to like remake it or something and all this stuff's happening. And then like four or five months pass. And then he's like, just out of the blue. Hey, yeah, I sold that to somebody else. I was like, I, we've been working on this for like five months. Like, are you kidding me? And so, you know, at that point I was like, well, this huge, like in, in my mind, this huge important song, I can't even do it. I don't own the rights to the thing. Like I thought I was going to. So in that case, which like, that's like a kind of like cataclysmic thing. It's like, oh no. Um, in that case, what I had to do is I had to dig through just other instrumentals I had at the time um, that I wasn't going to use. And I had to look at them and go, are any of these like, do I think I can make something, I guess, quote unquote, like good enough out of these to like kind of fill that void and specifically what I did there is that I ended up cutting. So that song got cut. I cut another song because it was kind of tied to that same situation. Um, ended up cutting two songs and then just making a whole new song that I wasn't planning on making that kind of like encapsulated like that gap left. Um, and I actually like it ended up being like that song specifically ended up being one of my favorite songs. It's called, uh, it's called life worth living. Um, I have a friend who sings on it. Her voice is like really, really, really great. It turned out to be like a really great song, big fan. So, you know, things work out. Um, but man, you gotta, when that stuff happens, you can either just keel over or you just got to figure something else out. Um, and in that case, like I just dug in and like, we're making a new song. <laughs> what didn't think I was going to, but here we go. So yeah. Uh, at this point, like, I'm very used to stuff like that happening all the time. Um, in fact, before like almost every music video shoot I do, one like like terrible thing happens like right before. Um, I'll have like main actors or actresses drop out like two days before. Like, hey, I can't do it anymore. I'm like, yeah, that sucks because you know, like a month, like we've been talking for like a month and you know, we're doing it tomorrow, but I'll try to find someone else um, or repurpose something. Um, we had an issue this past week where my, my crew was coming up from Austin and 
the guys who had all the camera, like they had the camera and all the and all the other lighting stuff and all the equipment. Um, they were coming up in the morning. We we're gonna start shooting at twelve thirty. I had other actors coming on set at like two thirty and four, respectively, and they're coming up in the morning and they're like, "Hey, yeah, our car's like having trouble. We have to pull into an auto body shop. We don't know how long we're gonna be." And I was like, "Oh no!" So like. <laughs> For like in like an hour, we were like for like an hour or two, we were like, it's possible they won't be able to make it up, and that one of us is gonna have to go drive one and a half two hours to get the stuff, and then come in, and we have to retool the schedule, and we lost the whole morning, and like, you know, stuff like that like happens. There's always one disaster. I don't know why, but like, it's always like just one disaster happens every time I do something. Um, that one wasn't great, but uh, yeah, man, if you, once the ball's rolling and if you're committed to it, you just find a way to make it work. Um, and it sucks. And when I heard that, like, they were able to get back on the road, I collapsed onto the floor out of just like pure, like alleviation of like, oh, they'll be here. Thank God. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, yeah, it takes years off your life for sure. Um if you know, enough of these things, I'm going to be dead at like 40 just from natural causes. But, um, I like this. It's a, it's a ride for sure. Yeah. That honestly, like, I feel like that could be its own show. Just like watching things like not work out and just like, yeah, for this episode of the week, you know, Dude, it just, it just uh, that's just uncut gems, that movie. Oh yeah. I don't know yeah, if y'all yeah. seen that, but that whole thing is just like, I watched it for the first time like a couple days ago or like, I don't know. The, the day doesn't matter. No one cares. But um, man, that thing was just like stressful from start to finish. It was just like all these expectations and then nothing worked out. You're like, holy shit, what's going to happen? Um, but yeah, no, that, that stuff sucks. Um, that's like almost, it's almost like a muscle you have to develop because it's just going to happen no matter what. And like, it happens in life all the time. Like not just like if you're making Absolutely. a movie or something, but that just happens. Um, especially, I mean, especially when you're trying to do stuff. So what I, what I mean by that is like, you can just, you know, go to work and like do whatever, blah, blah, blah. But it's like hard to do things. It's hard to be like, I want to do this. Let me make it happen and do it. And inevitably something is going to go wrong in your plan and it's going to potentially derail the whole thing. And it's so, so easy to just be like, ah, screw this. Like I'm not going to deal with it and just like drop it. Um, but it's kind of a muscle you have to flex and develop after a while. Like if you, if you like have goals and you want to like do specific things, like you really like have to get used to like things not going well and being able to either fix it or, change plans and repurpose um, really quickly. Yeah, honestly, I guess a big part of life is just dealing with failure and, and making the most out of the situation. So it's how you know you're an adult. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting stressed out just thinking about this stuff again. Dude, just listening to you stressed me out. I was just like, oh. <laughs> yeah. like whenever I want things to happen, like to a plan, and then it like starts to deviate. I'm just like, oh my god. And then when yeah. it, I'm like, can this stop? <laughs> and, and like you know, when you're when you're someone like me in these situations, and like it's your shoot, like it's my shoot. I'm one that brought these people here. Like 
it's my thing. You're like kind of like you just are the leader in that situation because like you're the dude who's doing the thing, not like I'm a natural born leader, but like I just am in the situation. And so like you have to like you can't freak out because then you just ruin everybody else's morale and situation because then they start freaking out. So like you just like shove it all the way down. And it just like, like when that happened the other day and like they were on their, in their car and like they had the issue, it was like, like no hesitation. Like it was an immediate, like my chest felt terrible. And I was like, a lot of explicit language went off in my head, (laughs) but it was like, okay, this sucks. And I'm going to feel terrible until I know it's going to be okay. But like, boom, like contingency one, contingency two, contingency three. And I had like five different like scenarios that would play out. And like, thankfully the best case scenario based on what happened played out. But like, I like had all these other scenarios of like what we were going to do to make it happen. Um, And so you're freaking out about that. You're thinking about the contingencies and then you have to actually do the thing. Um, So it's tough, man. It's not easy doing that stuff. Um, But uh, yeah. Um, I, uh, I mean, I'm like, definitely for me, I, I just have this kind of, I think a unique thing about like me and my personality, not like it makes me better than anybody. It's a unique thing is like, if I want to do something to me, it's more like a need rather than like, that would be cool to do one day. It's more like, I think of like a song or something. I'm like, I want to make that. And then it's like, I will die before I don't do this thing. Um, and so, um, that's like really for anyone that has any goals, like what, even if a goal is like, I want to go on vacation in the Bahamas or something like it's, it really is like something that's really difficult to do. Even for someone like me that like, is just so committed to making things happen. Like it's hard, it's hard doing things. Um, and I, uh, I do wish that like people, when they like say they want to do things like would commit to them more. Cause like you just, just people like just become more interesting and like more cool stuff gets out into the world. Um, but man, like I get it. I get why it's easy to like not go for it. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's definitely, that's definitely something that like I've had to develop over a long time and kind of take baby steps into like let me go a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger. If like everything I did and kind of develop that like a muscle and um, just that like a natural process. But um, yeah, I think that's something that I, uh, I hope that just more people um, get better at even like stuff like this, like the podcast stuff, like it's not easy, like doing this stuff. You have to freaking set the schedule. You have to do the prep. You have to find the person. Oh, this person flaked, like screw us. Right. So then we have to find someone else. Um, you know, so there's a lot of work that goes into stuff like this. Um, but it's always, uh, it's always great to see people doing stuff like that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. As, as you were saying that I was like thinking about it, I was like, yeah, you know, beginning of this podcast was pretty tough. Like we, we knew even less of what we were doing than we did before. And, I think there was a lot of stuff where like, you know, we would kind of say stuff that we shouldn't be saying in terms of like, you know, telling other people's stories and then it's a complete mess. But then we learned from that, you know, we got, we got better. We became less awkward and yeah, it's really through like the obstacles you run into that you're able to truly grow that muscle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. 
I'm just going to ride up and think about all that stuff. Deep breath for me. Um, no. Yeah. To start out wrapping things up, because we hit a little bit over the time mark here. Okay. Plans post-quarantine, buddy. Man, plans post-quarantine. I mean, you know, I have flight benefits from American Airlines at this point. So love to use those um, to kind of get out. I was like, right, like the week that like coronavirus was like, knock, knock, I'm here. Um, I was actually going to go to Argentina and then those plans (laughs) got scrapped um, because, you know, the world had a pandemic um, start. So um, I, I am itching to like kind of go on some cool trips um, pretty soon with those benefits. So that's definitely there. I mean, in terms of like project stuff I'm working on, like I just found ways around it. That's like another thing I had to do. Like I had to, how do I do this stuff in this climate? Um, but I mean, I've kind of like found ways to do that. So project wise, nothing really is really going to change for me. Um, things just might be a little easier to do, but yeah, mostly just want to kind of get out of the country a little bit. Um, go to some cool places, try and enjoy life, have some delish food, maybe see a beautiful sunset, take a picture of it. No filter hashtag sunset. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Just being able to live life. Um, anyway, um, this has been a, a fun episode where, you know, we, we've listened to Luke kind of, I don't know, give us the end on the industry or, you know, what, it, what is it like, you know, actually putting in time um, into rapping or making music videos? Uh, yeah, but this is nuanced nonsense. We're not experts. We just like, we just like talking, uh, signing out. Goodbye.